everyone, and welcome back to We're Watching Star Trek, the original series. I am Brandon, and as always, here with Paul. Mellow greetings, people. It's Paul here, uh, doing what I do. Apparently, I can't use Get Up anymore. That is now Dan's. He tra trademarked it. I apologize. So, for now on, it's mellow greetings. Let's keep it going. Another day. Let's go. <laughs> All right, and Dan's over here somewhere, too. Uh, giddy up, then. Nope. All right. You know, you think, <laughs> how many people do you think are going to get the mellow greetings uh, reference? Uh, probably not because they're not uh, as cool as me. So, you know, uh, if you don't know, Mellow Greetings is something for Demolition Man. I believe the greatest uh, action movie of all time, personally. But, you know. It's up there. It's up there for sure. Yeah, definitely. Just don't throw me through a window after you say that, though. Yeah, <laughs> ask him what his boggle is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, you remember, actually, I did uh, a Mellow Greetings open early when we first started the podcast when I was oh, yeah, trying yeah, to like yeah. just throw together different stuff for every episode and i quickly dropped that because it got like real dumb real fast it's actually, it's actually a little embarrassing too to think about that <laughs> i'll put a little sauce in though when i do it like mellow greetings this is paul yeah, here yeah. you know deep voice mellow greetings ladies <laughs> <laughs> you mean to just add a shit ton of bass to you in editing right there <laughs> yeah um so today we are covering episode well season one episode 17 just called arena uh, wait episode 18 it's episode 18 by the way is 18? Yeah, I Did I forget to change it in my notes? I, I, I don't know. My, thing, my screen says episode 18. Yeah, I I think it's 18 also. Yeah. I mean, Damn I don't it. want to... Talk, oh, talk you're right. Deal. No, you're right. It's episode 18. I was wondering when I... I'm surprised it took me seven or 18 episodes in to make that mistake. I've been waiting. Oh, see? So, yeah. Uh, we're actually covering season one, episode 18, entitled Arena. And the original air date for this is January 19th, 1967. Any corrections on that one? <laughs> Why no? 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, see you right. Oh, my God. I don't know when the show came out. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember this one from 67? <laughs> no. Nah, I was, you know, I was still swimming around, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and surprise, surprise on this one. The Enterprise is orbiting a planet called, uh, actually, no. Yeah, they are orbiting. Sorry, I watched this a couple days ago. I normally watch these like the night before. Yes, orbiting a planet called Cestus 3. And the main crew are in the transporter room where Kirk and McCoy are talking about Commodore Travers, who they're going to go visit on this planet. Travers, I guess, calls Kirk and tells him, hey, you know, we're ready for you guys to be bring to beam down and bring all of your tactical people because I've got an interesting problem for you. And Spock's like, man, I wonder why, you know, Travers wants tactical people. And Kirk is like, well, maybe he just wants their advice, which I don't know why he couldn't just like call them and ask for their their advice. You just gotta He's like, Spock, just quit being so sus. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, Spock, you know, he, he, he tries to go on a little more, but McCoy just interrupts him and talks about like Travers' famous hospitality. Apparently this dude's like really well known for, I don't know if it's just like having, you know, sweet banquets or... They're, he, talking about, they're all talking about the food. Hopefully, he has a private chef. I was like, oh, it's like that then. Like they were all yeah. excited, excited for the food. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, imagine how good it is if it's like, you know, galaxy known, like known to all yeah. of known space. That, yeah, only, <laughs> like, that's, eight, that, dude, eight, that dude throws yeah. a party. They so they're the going to Space Taco Travis Bell house? then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to go to Galaxy Bubble and go to, tra to, go to uh, Commodore Travis party, man. It was crazy over there. Way crazy. Like, yeah. That crazy? Yeah, that crazy. Trust me. The whole away. planet is like changing colors from his strobe lights and shit. You can see it just from, <laughs> from like solar systems away. It's <laughs> They're just planet. getting down. Yeah. Oh my god, the planet is down. Oh man, that sounds funny. Oh my god, that's, that's gotta happen in this episode. This show, man, is a, a plant is just changing different colors. 
You go in there, there's like, I don't know, LSD and stuff in the air, you know, drugs everywhere. You just breathe in, you know, it's in the air. This show has been one of those things where, like, I want to see ridiculous shit like that. I'm like, oh, we'll never get that. And then we get something, like, super similar, and I'm always surprised by it. Yeah. Which I shouldn't be. Like, they, writing has been insane. Like, it's been good writing, but, like, really good ideas and stuff. Yep. And just, like, just sometimes off-the-wall stuff that turns out to be really good. Yep. So, uh, yeah, they go to the transporter and they beam down to the planet and then they quickly realize that the colony has been destroyed. So Kirk goes to radio the Enterprise and puts them all on uh, red alert. And can you imagine how weird it is? Like, you're getting ready to beam to a place that you probably haven't been before. So you have, like, this expectation of what's going to be there when you get there. And you get there and it's just not that. But then at the same time, like, I figure every time you beam everywhere, there has to be, like, an initial shock of, like, literally a fraction of a second ago i was here now i'm suddenly here like that's got to be a really weird thing to try to get used to do, do you think like the first time going through the teleporter you end up like puking your guts out oh dude i bet it happens all the time i, I was gonna go through training for that whole uh the whole jogging the jogginess of going somewhere to one place i assume we do training yeah. for it i just i guess i guess we haven't seen that's one thing we haven't seen in any star trek things a lot of time a lot of the academy training they'll skip they'll do certain things like the new star trek movie does that a little bit but it doesn't show like everything, like the fighting, the studying, everything. That like Star Trek Cadet, what a good show! I did for a show. Like you see, yeah. you, you see somebody like going through whatever they go through at Cadet School. We don't know what they go through. Like we see small highlights here and there, but we never see like the whole journey of them going through the school to see how they learn how to do what they do. That would be a pretty cool story to tell. Yeah, and like Dan pointed out, I bet like first time transporter usage has like a ninety nine percent puke ratio. It's like the yeah. thing with. Uh, like Neo trying to make the jump across the building and how nobody makes it first jump. They're like, nobody, you know, yeah. transports first time without puking. Yeah. And then apparently that's the one guy who does it. And he's like the next, uh, you know, he's a special one. He's gifted. Yeah. He's, he's, like, oh my he's God. the one we can transport <laughs> anywhere. He's like, you didn't puke and you sit. Like, no, I'm, I'm too good to get sick. Like, oh, that's very weird. Like, and he's just different. Like, it sounds like a really good Do idea. Do you think I they just, feel being ripped apart? And reassembled? We don't, I don't know if they've ever studied, uh, talked about it before. You don't, you don't hear him scream. That's one thing. They're not. You don't hear a scream out of pain when it happens, which I find very weird. Well, that'd be a horrible way to uh, transport something. Like you're you're yelling in pain. Like, oh my god, this is terrible. Or does it happen so quick you can't even? Happen, the pain is so quick and so hard you can't even react to it because it's so fast and so painful. By the time you go to scream, you're, it's already over. Yeah, I feel like if that was the case, uh, they would be using their shuttles a hell of a lot more. Because I mean, they like transport everywhere. Like they easily could have just flown down to this colony with one of their shuttles. I feel like this is like it's one of those things where there's there has to be a guy on the Enterprise that, you know, he's he's got to go to the restroom or something. And he realizes that this <laughs> transporter room is closer than the restroom. So he just goes and like transports to the restroom. Like, like I, I feel like if there, first of all, there has to be a guy doing that. And then also there wouldn't be that guy if it hurt like a lot. Yeah, I just don't. I guess I'm like, maybe they explained it in some other Star Trek lore guys. Maybe you guys know Trekkies. You guys might know. When, I'm not sure. All the questions I asked kind of on the fly. I just never understood the idea of you being ripped apart and reassembled. Is it so fast, so fast you can't even feel it, or is it like painful? Or is the difficult question? Because I know that uh, the show I watched called Fringe, where they came up with the concept of the scientifically idea for it, and when they did it, the dude was in pain and he was screaming out in pain. And when he re- reconstituted, his his DNA was actually scrambled because it it, it changed it, it messed him up when they put him back together. I'm wondering what was there a time when transporter were first made when there was like they were just dying like practicing on goats or something 
go, go to birds or what? I know monkeys for years, and they would just oh, you would imagine it would take time to the, to work oh, that yeah. all out. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm curious about the the creation of the transporter and the creation of the creation of the path of the cadets too. Like I, I'm, a, yeah. I'm kind of a back. I don't want to go on forever, but I'm kind of a background story guy. Like I, I want to know the background behind people. Sometimes you know, you meet people way later. I like to know the interesting stuff that made them make person who they are. So I'm just curious. Yeah, dude, early transporter like testing stuff would be uh, amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so so at this point we get the uh, show opening, which is about a minute in, which normally indicates that it's going to be a, a pretty busy episode. I've noticed, like, if we get the the opening, you know, like five six minutes in. Then it's like, ah, oh, there's probably not a whole lot going on. But when, usually, when they give it to us immediately, like there's there's a ton going on. Yeah. But so down on the planet, uh, Kirk and crew they run to a nearby like kind of messed up statue for cover, and Kirk tells Spock that he wants him to get his tricorder out and give some readings for life detection. And he and Spock uh, determine that the messages that they received must have been faked, and that the colony was probably destroyed several days ago. Which like they came to that conclusion really really quickly. A question here though, um. The messages they got were faked. How were they faked? I'm curious. The voice recording lines? Or I, I, where did you get the voice from? Well, if you remember, we saw in the Menagerie, Spock did the same thing with Kirk's voice to manipulate the crew into stealing the ship. So maybe... Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, you're right. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't say for sure, but... I was just curious. And then then later on when we meet the alien, I don't want to, want to expose it out there. He don't seem very intelligent type. So I'm just wondering. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't Spock smart. Like Spock's doing that. No. I'm like, oh, Spock's smart. No. But, <laughs> you know, but they haven't very... figured out how to travel through space, so they can't be that dumb. Well, yeah, that's fair, too. Yeah, so I'm just, yeah, I guess. You're right. You're right. Okay. I just, and later I'm in just... the episode, they, they state that the Enterprise is the only ship in that uh, quadrant of the, the galaxy. So they must have really good detection systems also. Like, oh, hey, the... They're the Federation ship over here that we need to take care of. Yeah, so they're technologically advanced, even though they don't really look like it. Oh, oh yep. Don't okay. judge a book by its cover. Okay. Yeah, or a giant lizard. <laughs> right. So Kirk, uh, he orders his crew members, uh, Lang and Kelowitz, to go look for survivors. And right away, I'm like, they're fucked. Like, they're they're, they're probably not going to make it. But, but then again, like, we've been wrong about that recently. Every time, you know, people split up, we're like, oh, they're screwed. And then they just come back and, and everything's fine. No, it's always the guys with the weird, the Hellman, Hellsman with the weird names, like Fitzpatrick, yeah. like he did, like, like, like they want you to have an impact. No, listen, I, I'm thinking right now, it's like they want you to have an impact of his name being so weird that you remember his name the whole time, and then they want to kill him off. You're like, oh, there goes blah, blah, blah. How the hell do I remember his name? Yo, because it was so weird when I heard it, I couldn't forget it. Yeah. They, they seem to do that a lot where they, they give the Hellman person a weird last name. They're like, oh yeah, he's dead. Which is hilarious. Like literally... The next word in my notes is O'Herlihy, which is the last name of the, the guy that stays with McCoy dude, and Spock and Kirk. I, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you. I noticed. I noticed that like uh, this episode, particularly when I saw their name, I thought, "Oh, they're dead." And I thought, "Why?" I'm like, because their name. And I, I thought of a joke in my head. So now I'm gonna start paying attention now. That every every guy who dies, Helmsman, is who the last name is, because I'm pretty sure it's something weird. They really go with a lot of uh, like Irish names. Yep. This the moral of the story of is names. don't name your kids weird in the future because they will die in space. Yeah, don't have an Irish last name because <laughs> if they, they have an Irish last <laughs> yeah. name and they go on the Enterprise, they are fucked. Yep. <laughs> but uh, Spock picks up a reading on the tricorder and they start to head towards that to see if it's a survivor. And then what's really weird about this is that they they start walking towards, you know, the possible survivor and we get a captain's log. 
in the middle of this. And I'm like, it's been oh three, God, like, it's been dude. three minutes. Like, what the fuck are we recapping dude, right now? Dude I, I, dude, I put it in my notes. I put it in my notes. I was like, yo, the captain's all, that was strange. Like, I'm not tripping out. Like, that was really weird, right? And I'm glad you mentioned this. Oh, my gosh, dude, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, I, I checked the time. It was, was literally like, three minutes into the episode. <laughs> Kirk's yeah. like, yeah, we went to a planet. Uh, <laughs> you know, some, some shit was bad. You guys saw the well, show no, no. opening, and that's it. The, the, the captain's log also was talk. It wasn't talked in past tense this time. It no, was talk, it, it, it was like he was talking while he was doing it, which yeah. I thought was weird. Yeah, he's like, like I'm stepping with my right foot right now. Like, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I thought that was yeah. It, it was like that too. I thought that was weird also. Like the captain, captain log was like present instead of like tell, retelling a story. Yeah, yeah. Three, it was, it was little, three minutes in. Three minutes yep. in, they're already doing a recap. Like. Like yep. I forgot everything that happened in the last three minutes when when thirty seconds of that was the opening to the show. Well, Dude, in, so the, in the sixties, they couldn't pay so attention weird, that bro. closely, so they had to do a quick recap for everyone yeah. that you know might have missed it. Yeah, Dude, yeah, I'm tripping right now, Brandon, because I can't believe you saw that, dude. I just. I'm tripping like I'm so glad I saw that. I don't feel so weird when I saw that. I, I, was, I, I was really I, I thought maybe I'm over uh, over like analyzing like I do sometimes, but I'm glad you saw that. So I don't feel so weird. It makes me wonder. I wonder if they had. Uh, a commercial break like if they did the intro and then went to commercial and came back or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't it, know that's what happens that is what happens actually okay i mean i, I guess believe. it makes a little more sense but still <laughs> like it's not even that much happened between the beginning of the show and the opening so yeah. you know you just watched the opening and some commercials but just in case you forgot yeah, in case you forgot, we went to a planet, everything wasn't as we thought it was, and that's really about it. Like, like, okay. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a really boring story for an episode. Like, they actually just show up, everything's okay, and they leave. Like, oh, well, episode yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, it's, we really thought stuff was going to be fucked up. Sorry, we must be in the wrong place. And they just go. <laughs> so, yeah, they keep uh, they keep walking, and they find a guy that's still alive, but he's in shock, and he's got some radiation burns, and Spock takes another reading, and he's like, hey, you know... I found some people, but they're not survivors. And he says that uh, they're living creatures, but they're not warm-blooded, and they're definitely not human. And he says that they're about 1,570 yards away. So Kirk orders O'Hurlihy to go check it out. He's like, hey, you don't seem important. Like, why don't you go ahead and give your life in the, you know, for the name of the Federation? And he stands up. Like, O'Hurlihy stands up, and he just shouts that he sees something. He's like, I thought, you know, there's something over there, which was really weird. But then he's just, and like, instantly gone. vaporized. Yeah, instantly vaporized. <laughs> like he doesn't they don't know what's going on. They get to this place, like people are dead, shit's blown up. They're trying to like, you know, stay in cover and, and be, you know, kind of sneaky. And this motherfucker just stands up, he's like, I see something. Like, dude, you're you're fucked. Like you're dead. You can't do that kind of thing. And no one batted an eye either over it. No, they didn't even care. They knew he was screwed. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they brought him down. What's their death toll up to now? Forty five? Uh, that takes us to forty five, yeah. I, I thought the one thing about that, that when he died, though, that initial reaction, they didn't have a reaction to him dying. Like they no, just, they knew it was like coming. It was, yeah, but I just, nothing? Like, oh, damn, oh, hand or whatever, whatever the hell his name was. Like, oh, Henry, whatever it was. Like, oh, Hurley? Not, yeah, Hurley. Like, nothing? Like, not even a look of shock or nothing? Like, that, he just died, bro. Like, it was an explosion. Like, nothing? Well, that's the whole reason know, he like, was there. Like, when Kirk's picking his landing party, he's like, all right. We got me, we got Spock, we got Bones, you know, we all do stuff, but we need a guy to die so that we know that something's going on. Like, Hurley, what are you doing a little bit later? We need the B team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to bring that guy because you can't have, you know, one of the main crew dying right away. Like, that's not how you kick shit off. 
you know, we were giving Spock some shit, you know, a couple weeks ago about how cold he was when, you know, people were dying, but Kirk kind of did the same thing in this episode. Well, that's that, but nobody reacted though. It's not a Spock thing or Kirk thing. Time, but like nobody had any reaction. I find that a hundred percent strange. Like I don't know. I know in war dudes are tough as hell. And military guys are tough, but you have so, like oh or so, like oh damn like something something nothing. Well, the story the story I saw that Kirk actually lost to him in a poker game, so he was kind of glad they didn't owe him any yeah, money. He didn't have to pay him back. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. no. He's like, oh, yeah, no, no, he's not. those base credits I owe him. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how Kirk picks his people. He's like, oh, I owe this one money. Oh, that's a good one. Oh. Yeah, so so they do actually, they take cover, and Kirk tries to call the Enterprise to get beamed up. He's like, yeah, we need to get the fuck out of here. And Sulu responds by saying that the Enterprise is under attack, so they're like, hey, you know, we can't really beam you up because we have our defensive screens up right now. So Kirk tells him to you know, fire all of his phasers at whatever the hell they're being attacked by. And we get a really good shot mm-hmm. of the Enterprise firing the phasers, which, like, I love. Like, we we see so much of that ship just kind of floating through space that, like, seeing it in combat is something that I really, really enjoy. You know what's weird about that? this scene? Is that you got Kirk and Spock on the planet. Who's your number three guy that should be in charge of the ship when they're both off ship? Yeah, there's really Ooh. nobody, like, in charge up there. Like I, I saw it throughout the episode that Kirk was just going to hand over the reins to Sulu. Like, hey, just do what you need to do. Don't be calling me to ask if you want me to fire, you know, the proton torpedoes and all this. Just do what you need to do. You know, I feel that's like I'm surprised he didn't do that. I feel would like if own? Sulu did just take over, like I feel like Kirk would trust him enough to know that he made like the oh, right I, decision I think and everything. So. Kirk has this weird obsession with this ship that, like, he has to be in control of it even when he's not there. He's a he's a, he's a control freak, and yeah. But it's part of. But I think that's part of your uh, thing of being a captain, though. I mean, you have to be a control freak to be a captain because just, there's so much, there's so many people under you that you got things you have to control on the ship. Yeah, you got to think about it. Like he has to he has to relegate to all the people on the ship or whatever. You know, being like a CEO of, of a company, CEO of a ship. You know, so of course I think you got to be a little bit that way. Well, they've also stated that Kirk's first love is that ship. Yep. Yeah, and it's not a natural love either. <laughs> he, does, he doesn't just like that ship. He really, really likes that ship. <laughs> Look, we don't need to see no fanfic of Kirk and the ship. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I pictured it. Oh, no. you, you, you dirt dog, man. You run it for me. So this next part, uh, Sulu reports that, you know, the alien ship has defensive screens up, so their shots didn't do anything. And Kirk tells him to take all action necessary to protect the ship. So he does, like, kind of hand over control of the ship to Sulu there, you know, just to make sure that he keeps everything safe. Yeah, I, I think that's good, but I think it's more about him. See, it's weird because when he gave Sulu the rings of the ship, I think in his brain he thought the ship was so more important anyway. That was the one time I realized that he thought the ship was more important than everybody on the uh, on the planet. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, but the like, ship has like 400 something, you know, people on it. And there are like five of them on the planet at this point. Yeah, I know. I get it. But I just, but every decision he makes always about the ship. So it's kind of weird for me to see him give up the reins. Like, yo, take care, take care of my ship. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes if like, like, like sometimes, yeah, it is literally about, you know, the physical ship. But I think a lot of the times like he says ship, but what he means is like the crew on the ship because the destruction of the ship is the destruction of the crew. So. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll give you that. Maybe he just doesn't say the crew. He says the ship a lot and just yeah. smaller together. What I really like about this sense. scene, though, is that when he's talking to Sulu, 
And he's like, yeah, you know, do everything you you have to to take care of the ship. And then he waits for a second to see if Sulu's going to say anything. And then he says, Kirk out, and he hangs up. And it's like the one fucking time you don't just hang up on somebody is when you're in a war zone being like literally shelled by mortars. And then he waits and I like improves his also. phone etiquette. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Know, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they are being shelled by like mortars and stuff. And they, that continues as the crew looks for cover while carrying around the uh, injured guy that they found. And they find a little bit of shelter and the Kirk tells Kilowitz and Lang to go flank the enemy and lay down some fire on the coordinates that Spock had announced earlier. So Kirk mentions, you know, how how helpless they are and how he wishes that he had the Enterprise. And Spock is like, look, Sulu is an experienced combat officer. You know, he's going to be fine. And Kirk just like is not hearing that. He just cuts him off and he's like, well, it's my ship and I should be there. And I don't know why, like... It's like my baby. Yeah, and and it's the thing we just talked about. It's like, this is definitely not about the crew. Like, this is about the actual physical ship. But for some reason, uh, when Spock had said, you know, hey, Sulu's very qualified for this, I realized Spock and Sulu never really interact. You know, Spock obviously still has, you know, great respect, and he trusts Sulu for, you know, this kind of thing. But it's weird that, you know, we get all these interactions, and they they really never do anything together. Have they ever have they ever been on anything together? There, well, Spock nerve pinched him once when uh, you know he had that virus and was attacking him with a sword. But other than that, like they don't yeah, really okay. uh, they that. don't do much together. I, I think the only interactions they really have is when uh, Spock is in command of the ship and Sulu happens to still be there pilot, piloting the ship. Yeah, and Spock's just giving him orders. But like yeah. they're they're together all the time and they rarely ever talk to each other. Yeah, like when you see Bones and Spock together, it's memorable because the way they talk together and the way him and Kurt have a relationship too, Spock. So I got—I never thought about that before. I, we actually here's the thing though: we haven't seen Sulu be very personal and approachable yet in anything yet. He hasn't no. had like a moment with anybody like that, so he doesn't have a lot of like his his character development isn't as wide as the rest of the crew. Which is weird because he's still one of the iconic characters from the show. Yeah. Would you, maybe maybe later on, like though he'll start getting more and more exposure. But I didn't think about that till you said that. Now, like yeah, that he's not him and Scotty, him both and Scotty right now don't, aren't very very exposed and uh, personalized, whatever. And they're pretty much two of the biggest star people I know in Star Trek history. So that's kind of weird. Yeah, and while like he hasn't had a ton of character development, he, the the little bit that he's had has been really good. Uh, like yeah. a, in the Enemy Within, when he was trapped down on the frozen planet. Like he showed that even though he's about to die, like he still kept, you know, his 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 good uh good mood up. Like, you know, he was mm-hmm. still joking as he's fucking freezing to death. And like the few situations that he's been in, you know, he's been a super reliable, like, you know, just pretty chill dude. So like he's had a little bit of character development, but yeah, I really want to see, you know, like a mostly Sulu episode because uh he's he's an interesting character. And we, I don't, I don't feel like we get enough of him. He's just kind of there, always taking orders and like, yes, sir, and then just like hits the button. So, but uh, Kirk and Spock, they kind of discuss how they're at a standstill, and you know, neither side are able to advance on the other one because they're positioning, and they decide to risk everything to go to a place that's called the Arsenal, about a hundred yards away, which I assume is a literal arsenal, probably where there were like weapons or something kept. So Kirk's like, all right, I'm going to be the first one to go. And he just like runs out in the open and shells are exploding all around him. And like one of them knocks him down and uh, he, he takes cover. Like, it's time to get on my phone. Yeah, yeah, he takes cover in like a hole and he calls Sulu for a report. And Sulu's like, yeah, we can't get through the enemy shields. So Kirk tells him to arm the photon torpedoes, which is the first time we've seen them. And uh, Sulu's like, well, you know, I can't get visual contact on the enemy ship. 
but it doesn't match any of the known configurations that we have in our records, so we don't even know, you know, what we're about to be shooting at. Uh, but then we, he's, you know, the photon torpedoes are ready. Somebody in the uh, weapons room or whatever says that they're ready, and so they fire the torpedoes, and we get, you know, a pretty cool ship or shot of the Enterprise firing for, uh, photon torpedoes, but they come out of nothing. Like, there's there's no space on the Enterprise for these. Like, they'll cut out or anything where they'll be coming from, so they just, like, appear at the front of the ship and just, just like, shoot away. I didn't notice that. Yeah, just a weird little, not mess up, but they probably didn't think that they were ever going to be firing torpedoes from the I, front I, of this thing. I do thing. want to say something about the, uh, the term, what term they used. They used the term screens instead of shield, and I wrote that down. Yeah. I wonder if it's uh, this uh, original Star Trek thing or if, if they change it to shield later on. So I want to mark that and keep that in, keep that in the space for whatever. Because this is the first time I even heard them reference the shields in general. Like, like I, I yeah. heard, it's the first time I haven't heard the reference at it all, and they called it a screen, not a shield. So I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I don't is think it? we have heard it. Yeah, no, I don't think we have at all. I don't think they've actually said anything about the shields before. Not one time, I don't think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because it was weird to me. They said the word screen instead of shield. That's why I noticed. And I was like, who uses the term screen instead of shield? I thought it was kind of weird. So I'm curious. Yeah. So, so now I'm curious about, you know, just I will, I'll keep that in my note. And remember, and then maybe later on, there's, there's somebody will say, oh, they say shield now or something like that. Because I know that we use shield all the time talking about Star Trek, you know, and not the word, not the term screen. So I'm, curious, I'm really curious right. about that. So, uh, Kirk loses communications with uh, Sulu and he gets up and starts running again and another shell explodes near him and he, he rolls away from that one and, you know, tries to contact Sulu again and tells him to do whatever he has to do to protect the ship, which includes leaving orbit and just like warping away. So Sulu's like, all right, but, uh, you know, the photon torpedoes, they didn't have any effect and I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Yep. So Kirk just says good and then he hangs up on him and then he goes to like seek more cover, which like it's the one time it's acceptable for him to hang up because he's literally got, you know, Mortar shells exploding at. around him. Yeah, so like I feel like that's okay. Probably the wrong time time to make that call anyway. You know, I feel I feel like that's not far off. Like I feel like if that were to happen nowadays. People like, hey, I'm being shot at. I'm gonna bust my phone out. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now, but well, see, they're in the future, so the 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 path line shows correctly. Like, oh, hey, that's what would happen. Yeah, that's what they used to do. <laughs> Back in the 20th century, they used to get on their phones and yeah. When and they're just, in danger. Re, re, yeah, he should have pulled out his uh his communicator and just like started recording like a TikTok. And he's like, yo, it's your oh, boy God. Kirk here. Like got explosions going on <laughs> around me. Shot at. Like, yeah, like and subscribe. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's not this, how they this, do their I, captain logs. Dude, I feel like you can make a I think you can make a TikTok really dedicated to that. <laughs> like making fun of real life things with tic, like TikTok videos. That'd be hilarious if somebody did that. Uh, I was gonna say that's not gonna be me because then I'd have to get on TikTok and that is not happening. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, no, not, no, no. I mean, just in general. So, yeah, Spock checks on that survivor that they found, and McCoy says that the survivor's going to be dead in a half hour if they don't get him to, you know, some decent care. And Spock just, like, starts scanning again, and he sees that the enemy is moving, so uh, he's got to go get to Kirk to let him know. And he dodges a couple of the explosions and gets to Kirk, who's just, like, hiding in the hole at this point. And uh, he's setting up, like, he just, he found a mortar. I, I wanted to see Spock just walk out there like a beast and like, oh, these shells won't hurt me. And they're just blowing up around him. He's just casually walking towards Kirk like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, he used his logic to figure out where they were going to land. And he just like casually dodges all of them. He's like, they're they're really bad at aiming. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Kirk finds like a mortar and he's just setting this thing up. And uh, 
Spock notices that the enemy has locked onto his tricorder, and so he tosses it away, and like as soon as it lands somewhere, a shell hits it and it just explodes, and Spock remarks uh, about how smart it was for them to be using his tricorder against him. And I was like, wow, like that that's a really nice touch to this episode. Like That's some pretty solid writing. I, I had not considered that that was what was going on. And for Spock to give uh, a high praise to someone, you know, kind yeah, of cements yeah, yeah. it also. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I, I was going to say the same thing just now, so you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, so... They set up the launcher, and Kirk calls for Lang to come over, but Killowitz shows up, and he says, well, you know, the enemy got Lang, and we didn't see where it came from, so that's 46 dead, and we didn't even get to see that one. Kirk asks Killowitz, he's like, hey, you know, where do you think they're hiding? And Killowitz is like, well, you know, if it was me, I'd be over there on the high ground about 1,200 yards away. There's a, a Star Wars joke in there somewhere that I'm not going to make. Kirk sets up the launcher, and, and Kilowitz is like, hey, you know, we're pretty close for that, you know, grenade that you're about to be launching. And Kirk is like, well, you know, it's going to be a lot closer to the enemy. And he tells them to get clear, which was a, that was a solid line from from Kirk. He's like, "Yeah, it is close, but you know, wait till they see how close it gets." And I actually, I really, I, yeah. I realized that I really like this, uh, like mid battle Kirk. He's just really on top of shit, and he's like super confident about what he's doing, and like he's really good at. You know, he's always been really good at giving orders, but like even here on the ground when it's just yeah. absolute fucking chaos, like he's giving everybody really good orders. Yep, good, good orders, just uh, right to the point, clear, concise. Wow, clear and precise. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Why he's a captain. Here, here, here's what's going on. Yeah, I can't be captain, bro. Nah. But then I was wondering, like, what these little, like, blue paintballs are even going to do that he's, you know, freaking out so much about. Like, oh, you know, we're a little bit close for yeah. that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, when, when I heard that, I thought, oh, my God, bro. Like, is it going to be this gonna be that, like that? Like, I wonder what it was immediately. Yeah. So they fire the launcher, and the thing explodes, and it's like a laser nuke basically like it's just this really really bright yeah. light <laughs> it's like I, like before they shot at him like oh you know maybe that guy's just being overly cautious you know and he just he doesn't you know he's just worried about it but no dude they <laughs> fire that uh, thing from a fucking planet away like that thing was insane <laughs> how did they get beat if they just got a box of those things laying around they got surprised. They didn't yeah, know. It's fucking, I don't even care. Like, if you get surprised, you run straight to the fucking laser grenade and you just throw them all, dude. Like, no. They weren't ready. They had, <laughs> remember they had women and children there. They weren't ready. They're outside playing, playing, playing kickball. You know, all of a sudden, the dude showed up and started killing everybody. Yeah, that thing was nuts. Good thing the enemy didn't have that. Oh, I know. They Well, they still scary enough that they have, like, instant disintegration laser. Like, fuck that. Yeah. Because you can't even get, like... You know, if it, a bullet can ricochet and like hit you in the leg, or like it can wing you and just like kind of scratch you, like if that thing just even lightly touches you, I imagine you're just done, like full on done. Like even if it hits your big toe, like you're just you're fucked. Exactly. Well, we were talking about the teleporter being painful. Do you think being vaporized being painful also, or that just quick and it's you're just gone? Oh God, I would hope it'd be quick. I'm sure it feels like an eternity. Look, look quick to me. Yeah. Wow, you, that would be insane if it like it was like extra slow motion or something like that. Like you, you gone quick, but it just went real slow. Yeah. That'd be weird. Like from your perspective, like it was a split second, but from your point, like it happening to you, like oh god, this is like fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's terrible. Yeah. So they they peek out of the hole to survey the damage, and Kirk gets his call from Sulu, who tells him that the enemy is withdrawing. So uh, he says that the ship is at an extreme range, but their sensors picked up the enemy activating the transporter. So, you know, they picked up all their all their people off the planet and, and took off because they were like, whatever the fuck that is, like, I don't want to mess with that. And Kirk orders Sulu to lock onto the ship and beam down a medical party of 30 to search for survivors. And then they go back up to the Enterprise. And uh, that's when we get another captain's log just kind of explaining that they're chasing the enemy ship. 
into largely unexplored section of the galaxy. But at this point, isn't like pretty much the entire galaxy still largely unexplored? Like how, how much of that thing have they explored to this point? Apparently not this section. Not sure. Yeah, they just they skip this one. They're like, we're going to do that one later. It's more by them, though. But why the fuck are these people setting up a colony yeah. in, in a section of space that they don't know anything about? That's a good point. I assume they didn't know anybody existed out there. Maybe they went out there and saw nothing for like, like hundreds of light years, thought nothing's going on over here, set up, set up an outpost. I feel like this exact situation is like a really good reason to make sure that you know nobody else is out there. But uh, in the sick bay on the Enterprise, the survivor is telling Kirk and Spock and McCoy what happened on the planet, and he says that the enemy ship came in just like every other ship does, but it started attacking them out of nowhere. And that uh, whatever they were using, they were like phasers, but somehow worse. And he says that they tried to surrender, but the enemy just didn't let up and, and just kept killing them. Uh, hold on, I got a question. Right, said that. Hold on, I got a question right there. So, okay, aliens show up. We try to surrender. What if they don't speak English? I'm curious. Or what if their language never been heard before? Like, they're taking their surrendering as in. The, to them, that means, oh, my God, yeah, we're going to kill you guys. Yada, 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 you know? Right. Because they so it's like Mars attacks? Again. Yeah. <laughs> Where you they know, come like, in I, peace I, and start I, killing I, everybody? I, yeah, yeah, there's, there's no language gap. Like, I mean, there's a language gap, and I'm just, I'm curious. Like, they, they never mentioned that in this show. Uh, yeah, wow, I can't speak. Everybody speaks English apparently. Do they got like a universal uh, translator? Well, we have one later, like from the. From well, the yeah, I just like, mean, do they have one now? But though? like, how could a universal yeah, translate trans something translate something it's never heard? Like, it has to Eggs. have that language program in order to be able to, you know, That's translate that language, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's so deep, exactly. So I'm just curious, like, how, how that process works when you go to other planets and they don't speak English. But everybody speaks the same language on this, so far on this show. I don't like that. That's well, one thing I noticed about this show. It kind of annoys me. Yeah, it's dumb like, that they I, all speak English. But, like, in terms of, you know, communication, you know, the Earth went through that period at one point when everybody started traveling the globe and found that nobody else spoke the same language. And, and we did mm-hmm. fine. So, you know, I'm sure it's, it's incredibly similar to that. But I assume the initial reactions, though, will still be more uh, combative like oh, oh yeah a weird species here i assume i assume it goes more bad than good like we haven't seen a lot of first contact things either yet no it, it, it could be one of those things like you give them the peace sign they're like oh hey you're flipping us off yeah yeah but i mean that's part of learning uh you know about another culture so yeah i'm, I'm just asking don't I, I, people not get too deep my bad my bad fellas my brain no it, it does raise questions if we were to start actually exploring the galaxy how would you interact with another life form that you know nothing about yeah i mean well like i said we did that in earth's history so i like i said it's probably be really similar yeah but uh we're still humanoid though so we even though we look different we're still humanoid so i think the initial reaction is so crazy but aliens don't even they don't well, they don't look like us and they don't speak our language yeah like that's uh, that sounds very uh daunting and scary yeah but uh so Kirk asks the uh, the guy uh, about the messages that they received, and and the survivor says that you know, hey, we didn't send in the Enterprise any messages, uh, so we had been attacked, you know, a full day before, you know, Kirk and his crew got there, and then uh, a little bit later in Kirk's quarters, he and Spock are talking about how the call for to them was a trap, and Kirk says that the Enterprise is the only protection that the or in that area for the Federation. And that if it were to be destroyed, then it would leave everything open for attack. Which, I mean, they, they that colony was the only thing that they have in that area anyway, right? So, like, who gives a fuck? We don't know how wide the area is. Well, it's unexplored space. Like, it, it's, they haven't... No, I'm saying, I'm saying we don't know how wide the area the Enterprise has to protect. It could be 
500 years away or whatever. So I'm assuming that maybe like 20 like years from where they are now might be something else close. Yeah, because didn't they mention about being kind of like a police force uh, yeah. at that point? Like, oh, hey, it's our duty to go after uh, who did this. Yeah. But I mean, should, like the Federation must be absolute fucking trash to have one ship to patrol like a huge area like that. Like nothing's ever going to happen to them. Like, I feel like there has to be more than, you know, one. But, you know, again, they're in unexplored space. So like that's that's what I, I thought was really weird was he's like, yeah, you know, we're the only ones out here. And if we don't make it, you know, everything out here is left open for attack. Well, there's fucking nothing out there. That's why you don't didn't know that these guys were out there because it's unexplored space. Okay. I, I get what you're saying now. Yeah. Yeah. Spock doesn't think that Kirk has any proof to support that, you know, everything he just said was going to happen. And Kirk doesn't agree with that. And they argue about it for a second. And Kirk's not going to relent on anything. And he thinks that the aliens were there to just invade. So Spock, you know, he relents because Kirk gets all captain on him. And he's like, well, we have to make sure that the alien vessel never reaches its home base. And Kirk agrees. And so he calls Sulu and orders him to go to warp six to catch up to the enemy ship, which is doing warp five. Which at this point in the episode, I'm actually agreeing with Kirk's decision. Well, yeah, once you've been uh, attacked like that, yeah, I think you got to go after him. Which I was kind of surprised Spock was actually against uh, going after him. I wasn't surprised by Spock not going against him because you don't know why. You can't, you don't know, you get there after the issue. Like, let's say I call you something. You put you. I punch you in the face. People are like, oh my god, you punched him in the face. Well, yeah, he. There was a reaction though. You called me something. That's why I punched you. There's a reason why. Right. So Spock was like, well, we don't know the reason what they did. That's how Spock brain works. Logically, he need, he need to know the reason they did it. So. Yeah, Kirk's very reactionary I, in this episode, like that. Like he doesn't. Yep. He he just accepts what that survivor said, you know, as full truth, and like that's the version that he's going with. Which, I mean. Maybe that, that son of a bitch was It'd lying. It'd be hard not to after you've been fired upon. Well, yeah, but he doesn't know why. Again, like, you know, you can't. I mean, yeah, you can believe that survivor, but, you know, he, maybe he's a fucking liar. Like, maybe he started the whole thing, and now he's just trying to get away with something dastardly, which wouldn't be, you know, surprising for this show. Exactly, right. sir. Exactly. Yeah, so they're going to go warp six to catch up with the enemy ship, and uh, they're going to set their phasers on on standby and have them ready. And then uh, Kirk addresses the entire ship over the intercom and orders them to report to their battle stations and, you know, put the ship on red alert, which we've talked about before. Like, you know, hey, finally, he's uh, telling the entire crew, you know, the whole ship. He does he does it sometimes. He doesn't do it all the time. And this is a really good time to let them know, hey, we're, we could be potentially dying here pretty soon. So, you know, strap it yeah, in. But, but red alert means go to battle stations. So technically you had to. When, yeah. you, when you hit the red alert, everyone can go to battle station anyway. So yeah. it's ain't really special. Right. But it's just nice to know, you know, they know what's going on now, like why they're at red alert. So we get a commercial break and we come back to another captain's log just explains, you know, hey, we're chasing this ship and uh, they're on the bridge and Kirk's giving out some orders. And he uh, asks, you know, what everybody knows about the area, but nobody knows shit because, again, it's unexplored. So Sulu reports that the enemy ship uh, has to be aware that they're being chased because they've gone to warp, warp six as well. So Kirk is like, all right, well, then we're going to go to warp seven. And like everybody turns around and looks at him like, oh, my God, warp seven. Which at this point, I think this is the fastest they've ever gone, right? I'm not sure. I mean, I, judging by the reactions, probably. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Because like this is where, you know, Spock, thank God for him. He explains to us that uh, sustained warp seven is going to be dangerous. And Kirk is like, well, you know, we have to catch the enemy. So uh, Scotty is like, hey we're going to catch them or we're going to blow up in the process. 
And he says that the enemy might be faster than the Enterprise. And Kirk's like, well, you know, they're going to have to prove that they're faster. Which I actually like that quote from him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's weird because uh, I like Kirk here, but I don't like the things like I don't like the overall thing that he's doing. But I like, uh, you know, he's like very matter of fact about stuff. And like, he's very, you know, quick on things. I just don't necessarily agree that they should be chasing this ship. But like, I like the way he's going about it. So. Oh, no. It's, it's bloody ship on them, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> for the information they have, well, I mean, I like, it was Kirk immediately blow him up, boom, call it a day. Bye bye. Yeah, like, but I, I mean, like, not at uh, at warp seven. Like, don't be putting your uh, you know your own ship and crew <laughs> no, in peril. I'm gonna warp. T- uh, you just you just mess with my family, hit somebody. Now nah, I'm gonna warp ten, sir. What good's that gonna do you when your engines overheat and your ship explodes and y'all die? Like, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a explode next to them though. We all yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, take them with you. I wonder what the factor is going from like warp six to warp seven is right. Like how, how much of a difference in speed that is. Yeah. It's like they go from like 35 to 40 miles an hour. <laughs> is it really worth it? Yeah. <laughs> they they gain five miles. Yeah. You know what? Um, hey, Brandon, make a note. We got to research uh, what warp speed and what, what it means to references now. Yeah. I wonder if that's series. ever uh, clarified in the original series. I don't know. If, it's got to be clarified somewhere in Trekkie land. Yeah, it's got, it's got to be. Somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah. So Spock thinks that destroying the alien ship is unnecessary, and he says that destroying it's not going to bring back the colony. Which you know, it's really nice to see that the last couple of episodes he's really held that uh, that viewpoint that like you know revenge is not going to bring back you know the person or whatever that was destroyed. So Kirk says that if the aliens go unpunished, then they're going to be back to attack other installations. And Spark starts to argue. He's like, you know, hey, what about, you know, our regard for sentient life? And Kirk says that he they don't have time for that. And uh, Uhura overhears that, like, gives Kirk this little look, like, excuse me? Like, you're throwing out our whole fucking mission statement? Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, like, that is what they're out there and what they're about, you know? It's just, like, making contact with aliens and, you know, being super cool and, and not fucking everything up. And now he's like, nah, screw that, dude. We're like, we're going after this. Which really just shows, like, how pissed off he is and, and how seriously he's taking this. So uh, Kirk explains that, you know, he's a, he literally says that they're the only policemen in the area and that a crime has been committed and, and Spock's like, all right, you know, I'm not really going to argue with you any further. Like at this point, he's just kind of accepting that he's not going to get through to Kirk on this one. And Sulu reports that the enemy is now moving at warp seven. So Kirk's like, all right, fuck it, go warp eight. And then, then like everybody starts, uh, <laughs> starts looking at him again, like, are you serious, dude? And he calls the phaser room and, and tells him to get ready, which he already did that earlier. Like, how much more ready do you want them? Yeah, everybody just, like, looks at him. Yeah, like, we're going warp eight. You need to get more ready. Yeah, be, be even more ready because this shit's getting crazy. Like, we're going to go warp eight and a half pretty soon. So a little bit later, Sulu reports that they're, they've closed in or they're closing in on their target. And uh, Navigator DePaul, so since we get his name, he's I figured he was probably going to be fucked. But uh, he tells Kirk that there's an uncharted solar system nearby and that the aliens are headed away from it. And Uhura reports that they're being scanned by something, which she believes is the solar system, and that they're not tractor beams or, or weapons of any sort. It's just a, a scan checking out their ship. So suddenly the alien ship slows to a stop. And Kirk thinks that they're getting ready to turn around to fight the Enterprise. And, and Sulu's like, no, they, like, they're just dead out there. Like They're not doing anything. They're just kind of floating. And Kirk's like, all right, fuck it then. Red alert, phaser's ready and locked. So he's just like, yeah, well, something's wrong. Yeah. They can't do anything. He's like, something's wrong. Now's our chance. And, uh, <laughs> which I really like scenes like this where he starts like giving orders to all the dis- different stations and like everybody's moving. Like there's so much in motion and everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. Like I just really enjoy the uh, the kind of like 
coordinated, you know, calm chaos of these situations. I don't, I don't know why. Oh, absolutely. They, they make it. I don't even know how I want to say this. They, they do a good job of projecting what they need to. Yeah, like, and it's just, oh, it's hey, just like controlled this is chaos, a li- living, breathing thing. Yeah. So they get close to the ship, and then suddenly uh, their ship just like lurches forward, almost like it stops. And then they, they do stop. They come to a complete stop. Which a good thing everyone knew what was going on. So, you know, when that stop came out of nowhere, uh, you weren't stabbing your face in the eye with the fork. Yeah, they all like lurched forward and and none of them are wearing seatbelts or anything. I feel like if they're going warp nine, somebody probably should have been ejected from the front of that ship. Like They handled that really well. Oh, my gosh. So Scotty reports that their life support systems are working and uh, but their engines are dead. And the phaser room's like, hey, we don't have any power. Like, the circuits are all fine. Nothing's broken. We just unexplicably have no power. So it's Spock says that uh, they're being held in place by the solar system and that it's using an unidentifiable power. So it's not anything that they know about, but they're definitely being just held there. Which means they're way more advanced than uh, Kirk when it comes to technology. Yeah, and that seems to be like a, a theme of this show that everything that, like, Kirk and crew does, you know, they're outmatched at just like every every corner of everything. Like they're always always behind the times. They're yeah, they're, they're always the underdog. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that I think that makes for the best story. Probably why I just you know you know so them you can imagine you guys being a superior person going against people that are, are less than you would be, would be entertaining without the drama and the you know trying to trying to get you out of the uh, situations. Oh yeah, could you imagine like the the Romulan encounter if they're like, "Man, like we, we got this invisible ship out here messing stuff up." And Kirk's like, "All right, I got the button for that." And he just presses the button and like that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just hit like the invisible ship button and then it just blows up and they're fine. Like, well, that was a saying. Yeah. So suddenly some bright colors start flashing on their view screen and a voice starts to speak to them and the voice identifies itself as one of the metrons and it explains that uh they can't allow the two ships to continue through their space on a mission of violence and they say that they've analyzed the enterprise and they find that the crew's violent tendencies are inherent and that they will help solve the conflict in a way most suited to the crew's limited mentalities basically they're just like you guys are violent and stupid as shit so we're gonna help you out here (laughs) they say that they're going to take Kirk and the captain of the Gorn ship, which is the first time we hear them referred to as Gorn. So now at least we have like a name for them, not just like aliens, Uh, which actually they didn't even know this whole time they were aliens. They kept calling them aliens, but it could have just been humans. But anyway, that's another discussion. And uh, yes, they're going to take Kirk and the captain of the Gorn ship down to a planet with a suitable atmosphere so that they can settle their dispute. And they're going to be provided with a recording translating device in hopes of preventing anything like this from ever happening again in the future. And that they're going to be completely alone and not allowed to have any contact with their respective ships. So Kirk tries to argue against this, uh, but the voice just continues over him, like cuts him off, says, uh, you know, hey, the planet's going to have sufficient elements for you to make weapons and, you know, destroy each other. And that the winner's going to be allowed to leave, but the loser is going to be destroyed. And I was like... All right, like now, now I felt like this episode was going somewhere. Like it was pretty good before, but uh, this was, you know, this was when I, I really started to get interested in it. Agreed. Yeah, it basically, let moral combat begin. Yeah. So you know, Kirk tries to argue again, uh, but the metri- metrons or metrons uh, say that there's going to be no discussion about it. They're just like, yeah, you, you know, this is it. And then Kirk just disappears. Just like I, re- I really, uh, I enjoy like the old cheesy just like pop and he's gone effect that they keep using in this show when something disappears, <laughs> like, like they're filming and they're like, you know, they just keep filming 
And then they're like, okay, now you leave and we're just going to film the empty spot. And then we're just going to like overlap the film. <laughs> it's like, there's no like special effect or anything. They're just gone. The only thing that annoyed me about that scene right there is you hear a scream. Yeah. Because why? Like, like, she screamed like she saw a mouse. Dude, yeah. There was no, like, why was it a scream? Her scream was a little way yeah. over the top for me. Way, way. And they like, just told him that they were going to take him away. And she's like, wait, what? Like, she wasn't paying attention the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> she's on her phone. Yeah, she's back there playing, like, yeah. Candy Crush. And then she's like, wait, what? Like, like her scream was the, somebody just, expo- a body exploded in front of me. Uh, screen you know like, <laughs> yeah. like her blew up like, ah! like that, that would be the good with something <laughs> you know, yeah like, not not the curtain just disappears i don't know so yeah screen. so we go down to the planet and the gorn which is a big old lizard looking humanoid he's face to face with kirk on a in like a desert like area and then that's when we go to a commercial break and we come back from the commercial break and Kirk is, he's not doing a captain's log, but he's narrating the events that have taken place so far. And uh, he also reveals in this narration, in this narration that he does not like reptiles. So, so like, this is just a bad situation for him. Now it's personal. He's like, fuck that reptile. But, he, but I think reference that's the human. Yeah. He said like other humans though. I think he said like, yeah. like, like we don't like reptiles. But uh, the Gorn breaks off, like he goes to this kind of, you know, not kind of, it is a dead tree and he breaks off this huge branch and then Kirk goes over to like a similar tree and he breaks off a twig. <laughs> he struggles. I don't, don't say it. Just let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Just skip the scene. Just skip the yeah. part that's <laughs> going on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I laughed so hard, bro. <laughs> I just, I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, no, Kirk, really? I was like, oh, I just, I. I, I almost skipped. Yeah, the Gorn, like, he, like, he gets, like, a whole fucking tree branch, and, and Kirk's just like, ah, twig. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> but what's even funnier is, like, he, he grabs this twig, and he looks at, like, the twig, and then he looks at the branch, and he just tosses the twig away. He's like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, even he's like, Jesus Christ, like, what am I doing here? So, uh, so they start the fight, and uh, the Gorn has, like, the slowest most deliberate swing ever like i know it's just 60s uh choreography but jesus christ this guy in this suit just phoned it in no actually it's not i don't think it's that i think it's the reference of the suits back then you gotta remember that thing was probably heavy as hell and hard to move oh in. yeah you know it's not like a suit. but still yeah I, and i'm assuming that you can't do a lot of movement and and do the suit because you notice he never moves very fast everything's slow and deliberate like he's like almost like a monster, and I think it might be because of the suit was so damn heavy. It has to be. Don't think it makes sense. I wonder if you could ar- if you could argue though that's just how that race moves. Oh, you could argue Ugh. that, but uh, yeah. But I know I think it's more about that suit. It was just it, the suit was awesome. No, I I agree with you. The, the to make it better though, like oh hey, this is more continuity. Like oh, they're just a slow moving species. They're in no hurry. I would just like I've never made a, a movie or a TV show or anything, but. I'm I'm willing to bet it was probably like uh like Paul said like probably a limitation of the suit. So you know have him go that speed and have Kirk go that speed and then speed it up in editing so that it looks faster. I don't know. I, I never seen um. Did they speed up stuff in editing back then? Uh, I I mean I assume they could, right? I don't know. Yeah, like in a you have to be able to shoot it in a way that it could be sped up by like changing uh like a different frame rate or something i'm assuming maybe when you sped up things it went bad i'm not sure yeah that could be but it just it looks terrible i mean it it looks terrible now i'm sure it was fantastic then yeah it 
you know, I, I probably would have been like, damn, like that's this is amazing back then. And it's not that I don't like it. I'm just poking fun at it because, you know, it it is all this time later and things look way better now. Sometimes I do want to commend uh, uh, the costume designer of that Gorn. It is by far. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. Like it, it looked good. Like even the eyes being all shiny and stuff like what a weird idea that just looks cool. You know, and that really speaks to like. Uh, the difference between practical effects and and now how a lot of things are CG like practical effects usually age really really well. Yeah, I mean you look at even like the Ninja Turtles movies from the '90s and you watch that today and it still looks fucking amazing mm-hmm. because it's practical suits like it's it's real suits mm-hmm. and yeah that Gorn looks it looks fantastic. Yeah, you know, all this time later like no, nothing you know nothing groundbreaking well, now but it it still looks great. Yep. Yeah. I agree. So, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer of uh, less CG and, you know, more guys in suits. Yep. If, you know, do the best you can. I'm with you on and, that. And, like, even, you know, the Alien franchise, like, the the, the first Alien movie, dude in a suit, yep. still looks fucking amazing. Yep. I agree. Yeah, so Kirk lands a few hits here, uh, including a, a really good chop, <laughs> like like an Austin Powers kind of chop. And uh, a double axe handle, which they, they, they go to those a lot. Like they, I don't know what the, have you ever seen a real life fight where somebody uses a double axe handle attack? Never? I feel like that'd be the funniest Only shit. Only wrestling. Exactly. Like, it's just, it's so funny that their go-to attack is always a double axe handle. Uh, he tries to kick the Gorn, but the Gorn catches his foot and like just throws him away. I thought he was going to do like some MMA, do like a takedown and maybe get him like a, a leg lock or something. But apparently they don't train that on their planet. Well, I, I, I thought the Gorn was actually going to pick him up at that point and do like a body slam. Yeah, give him something, like show off your strength. But he does actually show off his strength because he gets Kirk in a bear hug. But uh, Kirk manages to break free and he runs away and he finds a big rock and he throws it at the Gorn and hits him in the chest with it. And the Gorn's just like, what the fuck was that, dude? Like he, he just And that's the moment Kirk was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, well, like, the Gorn picks up a big-ass boulder and hurls it <laughs> at Kirk. Like, Kirk is up. Like, he he's gained some high ground. And he just, the Gorn throws this huge fucking boulder at him. But uh, Kirk evades it and runs away. But, dude, like, Shatner barely evaded that boulder. Like, did you see that? It's almost like he was surprised by it. Like, he saw it coming and he was like, shit, that thing's really moving. And, like, almost had to dive out of the way. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah, like, he didn't expect it to be coming in that fast. Okay. Well, it, Kirk would have been up there, too. He was probably, like, what, 30, 40 feet up off the ground, and that Gorn threw that yeah, border dude. with ease at him. Yeah, that Gorn is ripped. Yeah, so uh, we go back to the Enterprise for a second, and uh, Spock is just, like, asking Scotty, you know, hey, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And Scotty's just like, yeah, you know, I've tried everything. I can't get the engines working. And it's funny because Scotty, at this point, just seems like he's really sick of Spock's shit. He's just like, dude, why are you even asking me this stuff? Like, I, I tried all of these things already. Like, I'm, it's, it's my fucking job. Like, I'm on top of it. <laughs> He's just, like, really annoying. Are they annoying. no longer bros? Like I, like, I know I'm doing this. what I do for a living, bro. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. The, their, their bro ship's over from a couple weeks ago. They had a falling out about something. So they, they haven't learned anything yet about the force that's holding them in place. So basically, they've gotten nowhere, and they've done kind of nothing. Uh, but we're back on the planet, and Kirk tries the recording device. And he starts recording a message that explains, you know, again, what's going on. And uh, the Gorn can hear this through his own recording device, and it's translated into the Gorn's language. So in his recording, Kirk, he mentions, he's like, hey, you know, I don't have any chance against this thing if I have to go at it barehanded. Like, I really got to find some weapons here. And we go back to the ship. I actually thought that's how they were going to solve 
this issue in the episode is with them talking to the the translator to each other. Right. I was surprised that wasn't like the first thing that they did. That like I understand okay that Gorn's going straight for fighting, but I really thought that Kirk would have tried a diplomatic solution first, but it's like he forgot that they told him that it was a recorder like slash translator and uh he just yeah. starts like yeah. recording his I, uh his thoughts. Yeah, I I think this I think he yeah, I didn't think he knew that he heard him though. Or or like he could hear him through that. I don't think he knew that. No, I think Kirk just forgot. No, he says translator, but doesn't really say that. it's like a radio. Like he can hear what you're saying, but like they have to be next to each other to translate. I don't know. Like I don't know how. It's, I guess I wouldn't know how it works, so I don't know. Like, what good would a translator be if you can only talk to yourself with it? Like you know what you're saying. Yeah. Like I feel like he just. Yeah. I feel like he missed some crucial information there, or just like. Totally okay. forgot about it. Well, the yeah, way I took I it, he was making a recording for any chance that a future ship might find his recording of what happened on the planet. Yeah, that's what he said, like, in case anybody from the Federation finds this thing. But, yeah, I just, it's really weird that he was specifically told that it's a recorder translator, and he, like, he just forgets the translator part and starts recording his diary. I forgot Well, when you throw part. a rock at a, a Gorn and it bounces right off him, your, your thought price, process <laughs> might be a little rattled. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give him a break on this one. I actually didn't see it uh, on Kirk when they first got to the planet. I just saw the one on the Gorn, and I was like, "Does he have a fucking lightsaber? Because that looks like a lightsaber just hanging off him <laughs> right there." Too. But uh, it, a lightsaber, it was not. But uh, yeah, on the ship, McCoy is confronting Spock, and you know he's like, "Hey, we really have to try to help Kirk." And Spock is just like, "Honestly." There's nothing we can do here, which you know has to mean a lot coming from Spock because he's already considered every alternative and everything he can possibly do. And when he says that there's nothing to do, then I imagine that there's nothing that you can do about any of this. Well, not only that, that there's nothing that they can do. They don't even know where Kirk is. They don't know what right. planet he's on. Right. Which actually, yeah, that's a really good point. Where the fuck did they get taken? <laughs> They're just like stuck in space. Like, we got to help Kirk. Well, how about you figure out where the fuck he is first? He, he could literally be anywhere in the universe. Yeah. So back on the planet with Kirk, uh, he finds some bamboo and he like looks it over and he's just like, ah, I'm not going to use this. And the Gorn uh, is seen using a vine and a rock to set up some kind of trap. So Kirk is like wandering around and he finds some diamonds and he uses his recorder to record another log. Uh, he says that the diamonds are too small to be used as a weapon and then he finds like some other stones and uh, it's like other gems. And he says, he's like, hey, you know, these things are worth a fortune, but I trade them all for a phaser or a club. And he makes note that the diamonds are the hardest substance known in the universe. I wrote it down. But they said the same thing about the cast rodinium in the Balance of Terror episode. So like, which one okay. is it? I just can't, I can't believe you go all the universes. Diamonds are the hardest thing. Right. Like all universes. That seems very weird. Like you've been through a lot of things. And now that you mention that about that too. Well, he didn't say I'm all universes. Back. He said in the known universe. In, oh, oh my bad. In the known universe. Yeah, there's no way diamonds are the hardest. They gotta be so harder than diamonds. But yeah, and they there was because they said so a few episodes ago when they had the cast rodinium. They're like, Yeah, that's the hardest yep. thing, you know, known to mankind or, you know, anybody really. Yeah, he he said one of. He said one of it'd have been different, but Right. I wonder if they was, meant so. like diamonds are the most are the hardest natural occurring thing in the universe. But there could be other ones that are naturally occurring that are harder. We don't know. Well, that they know of. So Kirk hears the Gorn, and uh, he starts climbing a rock to get a good look at it. And he sees that the Gorn is making weapons from some stones, and uh, he climbs a little bit higher to try to push like this big-ass boulder off a ledge and onto the Gorn. 
So he's Kirk is like apparently super fucking strong because that was a big ass rock, and he pushes it off the side of the edge, and it like rolls down the uh, the hillside, and it just just smashes the Gorn, like just absolutely smokes him. And I was like, fuck, dude, like that was really anticlimactic ending to that. Yeah, right. I thought the same. I thought the same thing. I thought, I thought, but I thought it was really cool though. Yeah. So uh, so he he goes down to check the Gorn and confirm that it's dead, but uh, it's not dead, and it just gets back up. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, dude, this thing is tough. When I saw that, what popped in my head was uh, from the movie X-Men 3 of the Juggernaut. Like, I wanted the Gorn to get up like, I'm the Gorn, bitch. <laughs> just, like, just like pick that rock up and crush it. <laughs> Which is like, what the fuck is that lizard made out of? Like, holy hell. Like, actually, uh. I guess maybe the uh, Gorn is the strongest substance in the the known universe at this point, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, 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 Gorn skin. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so Kirk's like, all right, fuck this shit. He runs away and he trips on a vine that pulls a big rock down on top of him and traps him. Which like that thing should have crushed him. He should have been dead. There's there's no reason he should have survived that. That rock was fucking huge. And uh, the Gorn like so he's trapped under this rock and the Gorn approaches him with a really sharp sharp rock as we do that whole you know fade to commercial thing and we come back from the break and the Gorn's still moving in on Kirk because he's like taking taking his time and savoring it he's like yeah I'm about to stab the fuck out of this dude uh, but <laughs> he goes in for the stab and Kirk moves he somehow frees himself of the rock and uh, he gets up and he runs away and the, the Gorn just kind of follows him so we go back to the Enterprise and Spock's trying to contact the Metrons urgently requesting a conference with them but he doesn't get an answer and then we just go back to the planet i feel like they could have thrown some of these enterprise scenes together so it's not so back and forth but uh we go back to the planet and kirk's making another log about how he found some more minerals and he found some sulfur and then we're back on the enterprise again with uh, mccoy who still can't believe what's happening and then the metrons actually show up on the screen again and uh tell them that they're like hey your boy's losing so, you know, you might want to make some memorial arrangements for him and for yourselves, which is, like, real <laughs> fucked up. Dude, that's you dirty, better make man. peace with your god because oh, you're yeah. about to die. Yeah, he's so like, dirty. shit ain't going good. <laughs> you think he that went to the so other dirty. one and told them, the, the told the Gorn, Same like, thing? yo, your dude's doing you're, sweet. <laughs> like, he, he has going to be partying tonight. <laughs> you're going to win. Yeah, hold on. The funny part about that, hold on, it's not messed up. It's messed up. Then he said, oh, yeah, now you can watch, too. Yeah. Not only, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only able to die, but you yeah. can watch it happen. Watch it as it happens. I'm like, all oh, these dudes are so mean. Like, I know that I, I don't know if they realized what they were saying, but when they came off, like, yo, this is this is real messed up. Yeah. Because McCoy's like, hey, you know, stop. You know, we don't want it. We don't want this to happen. And the Metrons are like, oh, you know, we have compassion. So we're going to let you see him die. And they, they like <laughs> put it up on pay-per-view on the ship screen. Dude, th- th- <laughs> that is so that's such a like a, a messed up thing. And like, I'm like, they're right. But it is so it is so wrong at the same time. Like, yeah, I was laughing. They're all like fucking sweet. And they, they, they go get popcorn and drinks and shit. Because uh, <laughs> it's a once in a lifetime event. Especially if Kirk loses. Yep. But uh, Spock notes that uh, there's some potassium nitrate on the rock next to Kirk. And uh, he just, he doesn't say why it's important. He's just like, oh, look, potassium nitrate. Like, that's really important, but I'm not going to fucking tell anybody why. And I hate that. I hate when shows and movies do that. Like, like tell me why it's so important. So I'm also assuming that um, Star Trek people are chemists. I don't want to clarify something real quick, but... uh... All the people I'm hanging out with, nobody knows you use these chemicals to make nothing. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I'm assuming no. I'm assuming in, in Star Trek Cadet School you must have to learn. Uh, and they said it was basic chemistry. If that's basic, right. holy crap! Like man, like I I don't know. I was just I was just curious about that. Now this this whole uh, Star Trek School I'm interested in for real because he said yeah. He said that's that's basic chemistry. You know all that stuff because I didn't know what he was making, and I I know a lot of stuff about things like that. I thought I have an idea, but I don't know. Uh, when Kirk noted that there was uh, the sulfur and all that, I was I was like, okay, he's gonna make some kind of like explosive, like he's gonna ignite that somehow, like he's mm-hmm. he's going to do something with it, like not yeah, I don't know, I have I'm, I'm shit at chemistry too, but I was like, okay, like he'll he'll probably end up doing something with that. Yeah, making yeah, uh, make, I, I didn't know what. You're making a bomb or something. I, I assume it's gonna be a bomb or something. Yeah, yeah. So Kirk notices the minerals, and uh, he he kind of makes this face like he gets an idea, and uh, the Gorn actually starts like trash talking him through the tr- the translator, and he's just like, hey, you know, I'm tired of chasing you right now. Like, why don't you wait for me, and I'll make it real merciful and quick. And Kirk's like, oh, like, you know, like, like a man. Yeah. That is, just just give up. That's such a that's such a two thousands like a movie thing to see though. Like like it was very weird to see that in this kind of thing because I thought that's more of the way we are now the cockiness, but the fact that he was like he was real cocky I found that I found that funny. I found it yeah, funny. Well, I mean you you got to figure like after everything he's been through he knows and he even heard Kirk say like I don't stand a chance against this thing so you know he's he's got to yeah. be feeling real good about himself. Like, yeah, I got this. Yeah, I got you, bro. Get over. I'll make it quick for you. Yeah. And Kirk's like, oh, you know, merciful and quick, like, uh, like at the outpost. And the Gorn's like, well, you know, they were intruding in our territory, and so we, you know, they were invading, and we had to destroy them. So we go to uh, McCoy because you know they can see and hear all this, and he's wondering if Cestus Three was an intrusion on Gorn space. And he says that, you know, he's like, are we the bad guys here? Like, are we in the wrong? And you know, were the Gorn just protecting themselves? And Spock is like. Yeah, I think that's what's going on, and uh, I've kind of been saying that shit since the beginning, and Kirk wasn't having it, so, you know, hope he gets fucking stabbed with that rock. <laughs> Even that means we're all gonna die. Yeah, he's like, fuck it, I'll, I'll die right, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that would be a Spock thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they just, they keep watching on the screen as Kirk is, like, hobbling around, and he's looking for a weapon, which is, like, real fucking dumb, because he keeps, oh, yo, you know, they... They said that there were weapons here. They they got to be phasers somewhere. Like the other dude's fighting with some fucking vines and a rock, and you think they just put like a plasma rifle somewhere in a tree <laughs> for you to use? I, oh <laughs> like, my god! It's gosh. just it's really dumb. Yeah. It's, like he won't let it go. It's really fucking dumb. But uh, he goes and finds some more bamboo and uh, a little bit of rope, and Spock's like, hell yeah! Like he's putting something together. Like he's reasoned something out. So uh. Kirk goes around and he gathers up some minerals and he puts them in like a bamboo tube. And I was like, fuck, he's going to make it like a pipe bomb. Spock tells McCoy what's going on. He's like, yeah, you know, he's, he's going to make gunpowder. Cause like Kirk is grinding up some minerals to make gunpowder and he's going to use the diamonds as projectiles. I'm like, fuck, he's just making a big ass shotgun. Like, that's pretty cool. One thing about this whole uh, part was I really, have, it was very interesting to see uh, Spock react to uh, Kirk's tactics watching him. Like yeah. the, the way he was like really inquisitive and like really into it, like okay, yeah, yeah, that's it. Like okay, he, uh, like I know, like he, like Spock has the answer, and he's like watching Kurt get there, and so he's like, it's really interesting to see that happen. I, I, I just, I never, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, there was a sign of respect on his face, like oh, hey, he, he he's figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah, I just, it, it was really cool. I, 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 I really appreciated it. Do you think he's watching this and he's like, hey? 
if the Gordon doesn't make it, like he slams his quarters down on the console and he's like, I got round two. Like, I think I can take Kirk. <laughs> he's like, I've been watching him and I think I can do better than the Gorn. <laughs> that would be cool. Do, do you think Spock would have been a good match for the Gorn? Uh, oh, yeah. Spock would have been. Hand combat? Spock would have done. Spock would have been done quick. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, he also would have tried to reason with it first, given that's been his position this entire time. Yep. But I also wonder if the uh, Vulcan nerve pinch would work on the Gorn. Like, you think their their skin's too thick that he just couldn't get in there and do that? I don't think he could. If you can take a big boulder to the chest, then I don't know if Spock could be strong enough to do the Vulcan pinch on him. I am hoping yeah. I am hoping that some some of the aliens that we meet, we meet again later on. So maybe they're going to be ones that we meet later on. Like, oh, yeah, remember the episode we met up before? Now, here's a different version of them. Like, stuff like that. I think that'd be really cool. So hopefully we get to know more, more about the creature itself. Uh, if the nerve pinch didn't work on the Gorn... Do you think that like he could do the Vulcan nerve pinch on the Gorn's testicles and that would work? <laughs> like, do you think Spock fights dirty like that? It's just like that didn't work Listen, and he just goes like straight to the groin. I would have referenced, I do not think that the, the grip is not how hard it is. It's the location of it. I yeah, mean. it's okay. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't want that I, location either. Yeah, so. yeah. I believe his location, like it's it's there on the shoulder, not like he's so damn strong he squeezes your shoulder and he pass out. So, yeah. So he squeeze your balls and be like, oh, oh, I'm it. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, it's, okay. oh, it hurts. Start cur- yeah. Oh my God, it hurts. Stop it, dude. Oh. Or I, he starts to enjoy it. Like, ooh. What do you want? I tell you, the Wi-Fi password stop squeezing. We're, we're back in fan fiction territory. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Kirk's finishing up his uh, his mineral tube here as the Gorn slowly approaches. And you know what? I, I haven't mentioned it yet, but the Gorn's just been hissing this whole time, and it's fucking annoying. Like, it sounds like just air coming out of a hose. It's annoying as shit. He's just, Come just on, he's hissing trying to breathe, the whole time. Man. Yeah, it's so terrible. But, uh... He approaches Kirk, and Kirk points the cannon at the Gorn, and he manages to light it by like rubbing some some rocks together, and like slaps this. I don't even know. He 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 lights the damn thing, and it goes off, and it fires at the Gorn, and embeds like a bunch of diamonds into him. So now he's like he's just a fucking blinged out Gorn. He looks at himself. He's like, this is actually pretty chill. Like I look fucking good like this. But, uh, <laughs> But no, he uh, he goes down. So Kirk grabs the sharp rock and he goes over to prepare to drive it into the Gorn's throat. And he decides not to. He stops and he thinks he's like, well, maybe the Gorn were just protecting themselves when they attacked the outpost. And I'm like, where the fuck did he get that idea? And I'm like, why didn't he think that before now? He, this whole time, he's been about just murdering these fucking things. And then he's finally <laughs> about to do it. And he's like, wait a minute. Maybe I am the bad guy here. Like, what the well, fuck was the, that? Um, the Gorn accused them of being invaders, and they kill invaders. But he never made a, a like a, a motion like he'd heard that. No, because he didn't give a like, shit the whole time. Yeah, because as Arnie is that the same thing he said when they when when he got there. He said, "Oh man, they invaded us. We got to kill them." Now, and then the Gorn said the same thing. I wish there was a better moment to reference that, like they referenced that. Yeah, they that, that same language in the same way, but they, and they both thought they were in the right. And like I it wish just they didn't made it more obvious. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense that he's been all gung ho and he's finally about to kill this thing, and he's just like, "Wait a minute!" And like yeah. suddenly, it's not like he was thinking this the whole time. He's just—it's yep. very like it's instantly. He's just like, "What if I am the bad guy here?" Like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, or reference. Oh, oh yeah, this is a life. Like, we shouldn't take like if if he just is talking about the sentient life thing right there, he'd be like, you know what? 
I can't just take this life th- this way. Yeah. Like, like I could, I could, I could have got behind that. Didn't he, when he went in for the kill, he's like, wait a minute, I'm not here for your entertainment. Yeah. This is where he stands up and he's like, I'm not going to kill the Gorn. And then the Metrons, you know, you're not going to get your, you're going to have to find your entertainment somewhere else. And then, uh, the Gorn disappears and, uh, a man dressed, uh, a man appears in front of Kirk, which I totally thought was a chick at the beginning, just because he's wearing like a dress and he's wearing like a lot of makeup. Yeah, I, I thought too. I thought it was a woman, <laughs> and that's not saying like like that's not making fun. I just I saw yeah. the dress. I thought it was just like a woman with short hair because that dude mm-hmm. had a lot of makeup on. But you know, maybe he was a big fan of uh, '80s hair metal or something. So yeah, the, he's the Metron or one of the Metrons, and uh, which actually is a would be a pretty cool punk band name. The Metrons. Yeah. So uh, he's tells he talks to Kirk. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm about 1,500 of your Earth years old, and you really surprised me by helping a helpless enemy. Which like, he didn't really help him; he just didn't kill him. Kill which, him? Which he's just, and the whole time he's not killing them. Uh-huh. He's the Gorn's just laying there in agony because he has fucking diamonds embedded <laughs> into his chest. Diamonds embedded. <laughs> like, so maybe a mercy killing wait, would have been the way to go. Wait, did, did he say because he showed mercy he was surprised? Yeah. Or, yeah. or did he say because he showed his... Yeah, yeah. I thought he said he used the word mercy because I want to specify he, he, the mercy He used part. mercy. Yeah, he says that... Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. He says that by Kirk showing mercy, uh, the Metrons think that there might be hope for Earthlings and that destroying them wouldn't be civilized. So yeah, he does say that he showed mercy. But I, okay. I, I believe that, you know, killing him would have been the mercy because that thing's just down there like, fucking kill me. Let's <laughs> fucking terrible. End it, please. <laughs> so yeah, they, they tell him that and then... Uh, Metrons send the Gorn back to his ship and uh, they're like, hey, you know, now that he's gone, we can totally fucking destroy that if you want. Like, I just didn't want him to hear that. And Kirk's like, no, no, it's That was kind of a dick move on his behalf. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's like, I wanted to wait until he was out of the room, but we can totally just, you know, fucking do away with that guy. (laughs) No, no, that's not cool. Kirk's like, no, I'm good. Yeah, we don't we don't need to do that. He's like, maybe we can, you know, talk and, and reach an agreement later. And you know, in the ship right now, Spock's just like, fuck you. Like, I've been saying that that whole time, you <laughs> piece of trash. Like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. You just got the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the Metrons are like, all right, you know, maybe in, in several thousand years, you know, we can meet with you guys and make an arrangement. But, you know, you're still half savage, so that's not cool. And then Kirk's like, did you see me use a diamond shotgun? Like, motherfucker, I'm full savage. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Kirk disappears, or the Metron disappears, and then Kirk disappears and, and reappears back on the Enterprise, and his, his clothes are, are fixed up and everything, and he's not all messed up. And uh, they just they get ready to leave. Kirk's like, all right, that was a thing. Like, it's time to get the fuck out of here. And Sulu's like, well, we did get out of there. Like, somehow we've teleported across the entire fucking galaxy. And, and they're all just kind of okay with that. They're just like, all right, like, whatever. Like, uh, stranger shit's happened today. Kirk's like, plot a course back to Cestus 3 because we got to take this survivor back home. Like, we don't want to... He doesn't say that, but he's you know, he's like, we don't want to be stuck with this motherfucker. Well, then they got to pick up all the, the... What, 30 people that they put down on the planet <laughs> yeah, to do... they uh, left 30 fucking <laughs> people on that planet. They're like, they're sitting there for weeks like, you think he's coming back? Like, I don't think he's coming back. Like, they're, they're screwed there. There's no food uh, on this fucking planet. I'll, it'll all be destroyed. I do <laughs> yeah. want to clarify. There has to be... There's more than 30. It has to be more than 30. Because they, they will send 30 without security team. Yeah. So there's definitely there's definitely more than thirty. Yeah. Unless, unless I mean these are thirty medics down there and no security team, there's definitely got to be more than thirty people there. Nah. Yeah. Well, especially especially a planet that's just been attacked in a, in a war. Maybe by this that's point they've realized that the security team is absolutely fucking useless, so they just don't send them for anything. 
<laughs> well, you know how good they are for searching through the hallway to the. Enterprise. He actually sent them down there to be rid of them, so they probably are there. He's like, get these fucking bumbling idiots off my ship. Just send them down there. And hopefully we get teleported to the other side of the galaxy and we never get to deal with them again. Yeah, so they, they plot their course back to Cessus 3 and, and Spock says that after Kirk fired the cannon, uh, they lost picture and he's interested to know what happened. And Kirk is like, well, he says earthly, he's like, yeah, you know, we're a really promising species and maybe in a thousand years, you know, we'll be able to prove it. And Spock's just like, that doesn't answer my question. Like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> That's not an answer at all. And then they just, they just leave. Like, it's not an answer. Like, what? The fucking tell him yeah. what happened, dude. Like, don't give him that shit. Like, he paid for that fucking pay-per-view. It cut out at the end. Yep. And he wants to know what the hell happened. It's Halloween <laughs> Havoc all over again. Now they got to play it on Nitro. Oh, God. That's a deep reference. Ugh. But yeah, that's that's the end of that episode. I, find, I hate when they do that. I hate it so much. Like, just fucking tell him what happened. Now he's going to have to dig through the logs, like the, the reports to find it. But uh, yeah, that's it, man. They just, they go on back. I assume they go back to Cessus 3 and, and pick up their people and probably drop off that other guy. They're like, hey, you know, we understand everything here is destroyed. And you're going to be the only guy, but you're not our problem. And just fucking leave him there. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm actually, uh, I'm going to start this one off and say that uh, it, was, it was an all right episode. Uh, but it wasn't anything like crazy good. I, I enjoyed it for how like cheesy it is now. It's probably fucking awesome back then. No major issues aside from the fact that Kirk was really like weird, like weirdly revenge focused this episode and didn't listen to Spock when he does all the damn time because Spock is right 99.9% of the time. But uh, yeah, I like I liked it enough. It, it, yeah. That's all. That's really it. It was fun. It was just a fun episode. Yeah, Paul. Uh, Dan, go, go ahead and go first because mine's a little long. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I enjoyed the episode. I'd actually put it in probably my top five as of now. Uh, what I actually liked most about the episode was that the writers had like the foresight, like, hey, if we were actually traveling the galaxy, this probably would become an issue at some point of colonizing a planet in another territory owned by another superpower. So I, I, I thought it was kind of cool they touched upon that. But other than that, I enjoyed it. All right, Paul. All right, so Star Trek has this... I'm going to get deeper, guys. Star Trek has this theme of this over uh, overarching major issues about humans in general. In a way, so smart and make you think about it. So the biggest overarching issue of this is about being a better human and showing mercy. Like, they, they wrote that as the big arc of the whole episode. And they do it a lot, a lot of time where they reference um, they reference big human issues and make it part of their show. And for a show of that time, that's really smart. I'm really impressed, really, by the writing of this show so much. I'm so impressed with the writing so much. Like, they, they seem to know how to put these real big issues. Even the issue where Kurt did something strange, where he, it was wartime. So he, he, he forgot his... Human part and said, "Yo, I don't care. I'm I I don't care about sentient life. I'm gonna blow. I'm gonna destroy this ship. Even that idea that in in the, uh, the hard times we forget our humanity and we start and we start forgetting who we are as people and treat people with respect they deserve. It's kind of it's just the way they do that. It's just I, I, it's so smart to me. And I really and, and I'm really impressed by the way they seem to have this overarching about us becoming better humans as we travel the galaxy and." Things like that. It's just they were. It's written very well. I I actually like the episode a lot. Also, it had some good and some bad. It was kind of up and down, but overall the 
the theme I got behind it was so big and amazing to me that I just couldn't. I just, I just, I just, I just had to. I just, I just, it was, man, it's so good written, dude. It's written so well, man. I'm impressed, dude. And and they're really good at like throwing the life lesson stuff at you without uh, yeah, forcing yes. it in your face, eating like, it over your head. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, very but, subtle, but it's it's noticeable. Yeah. It's not, you know, they don't just come out and say, "Listen, you fucking moron," you know. So yeah, like, yeah, like this episode was had two big life lessons. Kurt wanted to forget his humanity because it's wartime, so he's going to do something against his against what who we view him as, you know. And then uh, and then the other and then the, my second issue was the whole um the mercy thing yeah. at the end. So it's like, you know, uh, like those two big things are two big things of life even today. And anybody can relate to that. Right. Even even today. So I, I find that so, so good. Yeah. So, um, so I actually want to take a second here and get into a little bit, not, nothing crazy, just a couple minutes here. I'm going to sweep through a few of these real quick of the uh, trivia about this episode from uh, pulled off from IMDb's website. Because there are a few uh, really interesting things here. So apparently William Shatner still currently suffers from tinnitus due to an improperly timed special effects explosion on the set of this episode. And both Leonard Nimoy and DeForest Kelly, who played uh, McCoy, reportedly suffered from tinnitus as well during the remainder of their lives. So so the explosions that they had fucked them up for the rest of their lives. Wow, it was so close to their ears that it it blew out the eardrums, huh? Yeah. Messed their eardrums up. That is crazy. Which I mean, they were like really close. They were really to those. close. Yeah. Well, I I forget that stuntmen didn't really weren't really big back then. So a lot of times it's the actual actor doing their own things. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy to see like Kirk, you know, Shatner doing all like a lot of this crazy shit. Because I mean, some of these like like we pointed out during uh, Shore Leave, like when they were wrestling on the rocks, like some of that shit had to hurt. Yeah. Imagine if he had the rest of that lion, dude. Yeah. Or the, the tiger for real. Yeah. Yeah, the tiger yeah. Yeah, with, no, with no cg with no cgi that's nuts but this was also the first episode to establish that the enterprise's cruising speed is warp six so we got that oh okay so yeah when yeah. they're just like kind of cruising through space they're going warp six so really them going to seven and eight it doesn't seem like it's that crazy right like they're just going a little bit faster yeah. than their regular speed but they're like hey this is fucking nuts so when they go well, down to warp one, which they do a lot, that means they're just basically cruising, like below cruising speed. Like, oh, hey, we're yeah. in no hurry to get anywhere. Yeah, like they're they're holding I'm down sure. the brakes the whole time. But also, Paul, you had uh, touched base on this earlier. So the Gorn is not actually seen until the until twenty three minutes into this episode, and that uh, it's almost halfway through the running time. And this says that despite the aliens' impressive debut, the actual or the cultural popularity of the image. Uh, no Gorn was ever seen again in mainstream Star Trek production until Star Trek Enterprise in a Mirror Darkly Part 2 uh, almost 40 years later. Oh, you are haters, man. I, I just asked about that. Yeah, this says it did appear in the animated series in 1973, but that's considered non-canon. So, mm. yeah, didn't show up until another uh, 40 years. Oh, that's well, that's kind of stu- that, yeah, really disappointing. Yeah. Another one here is that we we did point this one out. It's the first episode that we get to see photon torpedoes get used. Okay. And uh, this also says that Ted Cassidy, who played Lurch in The Addams Family from 1964, this was his last role in Star Trek, and he did the voice of the Gorn, so the uh, the translated voice. Oh, okay. Uh, we knew that he did play uh, – Dan, you remember we pointed out that he was the guy that played Ruck in uh, What Are Little Girls Made Of? The yep. big anger robot guy. Apparently, he was also the voice of the antagonist in the Corbomite maneuver, the like puppet that showed up on the screen. He did the the voice for that as well. Oh, damn. Yep. Um, 
Bobby Clark, one of the performers performers who played the part of the Gorn captain, uh, visited Star Trek Soundstage 38 years later for the filming of Captain Archer's fight with the Gorn Slar in Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, so the next time we see the Gorn again, it's one of the same guys that uh, that actually played it. That is awesome, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. 40 years later. so You know, it's funny. For watching this episode for the first time ever, Family Guy did an episode where they did a little short clip of uh, this actual fight scene. Oh, seriously? Yeah, like the early on Family Guy, probably the first couple seasons. They do a lot of co- there's a lot of pop, pop culture references to this show. We're, we're, I'm finding out as we do as we. Oh, I just saw one show, from think, Futurama the, uh, yesterday. That was a callback yeah, like to Star th- Trek. Yeah, yeah, like things I had no idea about until watching this. Um, I also saw like a, a a clip. I don't know what the context was, but I saw like a really short, like three second clip where uh, current. William Shatner was sitting on a couch and the, the Gorn was next to him and he like slapped it or something. So they, they're still referencing <laughs> this, this episode. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, but also uh, says that this was the first episode to be broadcast in color by the BBC when it was first shown in the UK in November of 1969. So the first uh, episode of Star wow. Trek to be played in, co- in color in the UK was, was this one. Dude, I bet, I bet it exploded after this dude. Just imagine seeing that for the first time. Yeah. That's what. Oh my God! That's, uh, see, that's one thing about. Uh, uh, get to, that's what reference about things in life. Like I remember the first time I saw 4K, I lost my mind. So I can remember my first time seeing like a color TV. That would have been insane. Yeah, and especially the show. That the show watching the show would be insane too. Yeah. So yeah, this is okay. Another good one before we uh, we put a stop to this here. Uh, this is the first episode in which it's established that transporters cannot beam through deflector shields. And the the word shield didn't that screen didn't they? Yeah. See. I, I want to know when it happens because they use, they use screen in this episode. I'm gonna keep a reference until we find out. Didn't they have that issue in uh, the one with the neural neutralizer, Dagger of the Mind? They couldn't transport them off the planet because the planet had shielding, but also everything was yeah. played out of order. Yep. So this may have been the recorded before that one, but it, it probably aired before or after it. So uh, yeah. I- I just wonder. Yeah, that's it. That's uh, that, I mean, there's a lot more trivia on there, but I don't think any of it's like really worth getting into. Yeah. So the next episode we're gonna cover is season one, episode nineteen, uh, entitled "Tomorrow Is Yesterday," which probably means some time traveling. I assume. Uh, I I read some the the one letter thing that said the Enterprise is thrown back to the twentieth century. Oh my god! So there's a little bit of time travel. So, yeah. Well, so right. maybe it's a maybe it's a old, maybe it's an old Earth that's you know. Yeah our time or something who knows it'll be fun yeah hopefully it's another good one but uh yeah as usual twitter is at wwst underscore podcast gmail wwst pod at gmail.com and you can still find us uh everywhere basically spotify audible iheart all that good stuff and uh you know thanks everybody for sticking with us through this whole thing and we're we're at like the halfway point or, or just past the halfway point of the first season now so it's, it seems like it's been a while, but at the same time, I feel like I've watched hardly any Star Trek. So Yeah, I've been enjoying it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. And uh, that's going to be it for me. So we'll, we'll see you guys next time. Later. Later.